Welcome to Rawsome Parenting. It's Kathy and Lynn. This is a platform where parents can offload and say anything anonymously. If you have a story, we want to hear from you. Because parenting is raw, it's awesome, it's Rawsome. Hi everyone and welcome back to Rawsome Parenting. I'm Lynn and I'm here with the beautiful Kathy Ho. Hello. How are you, darling? Good, how about yourself? Oh, good. Aside from all this uh, rainy weather that we're having... Yeah, I definitely have the SADS disease. Seasonal, SADS disease. Is, it, is it called seasonal affective disorder syndrome? I don't where know. Where people are actually affected, like their moods are affected by the change of, in weather. That sounds pretty uh, accurate to me. Let's jump into our topic for today. That was like a nice little transition. Our topic for today is our kids walked in on us having sex. So fun. So, so fun. Why don't you go ahead and share with our listeners what this letter is all about, Kathy? Alrighty. Our kids are seven and five years old. They walked in on us when we were getting it on. It was a shock for both of us because we set them to play outside when we told them before we left, mommy and daddy were going to have some alone time. We even put the kitchen timer outside so that they wouldn't come into the house (laughs) until it rang. Hubby and I quickly ran upstairs and in the middle of our glorious moment, our doors flings wide open as we were performing oral sex on each other. Some would call this 69. All would call it 69. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) My husband was in so much shock. He threw me off the bed. And as I was thrown off, I rolled completely off the bed. I hid and didn't know what to say except yell out. What are you girls doing here? You're supposed to be playing outside. The girls answered, we wanted to show you something outside. Because I was hiding, I didn't see what my husband was doing, but all I could hear was him throwing the covers over himself and then said, please, girls, get out and close the door. My seven-year-old continues to ask, is this what all adults do when they say they need alone time? And why was mommy (laughs) on top of you like that? And why are you both naked making all these weird noises? We both were completely mortified. My husband yells again, get out. We need to get dressed. The girls leave. We get dressed and we couldn't help but laugh out loud with each other for a moment because it was pretty funny. This happened about a month ago. The girls kept asking and are still asking us what we were doing and we simply don't know what to say. This is a funny story. And even as I'm typing this up to you guys. I'm giggling. However, because the girls keep asking, I feel like we should address it. But my husband says they aren't old enough to know what it is. We have a difference in opinions and we both see each other's perspectives. We both don't know what to say. And at what age is appropriate to let them in on the sex topic? I don't want my girls growing up thinking it was a wrong or bad thing. Because when I grew up in my household, it was never talked about. I want to take a healthy approach towards this subject. I would love to see what you guys would have to say in this situation. First of all, my <laughs> blessings go to you, to this writer. <laughs> two reasons. First, congratulations on still having sex after you've had two children. Second of all, <laughs> I, if I walked in on my parents, I'm not kidding. I would be so mortified and traumatized. I feel like it would scar me. And yet... It's only because of the way that I was brought up around the topic of sex, right? There was no preparation for that. My parents never talked about it. We never discussed it. We never, 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 ever 
talked about intimacy for sure. My parents didn't touch each other in front of me. I never saw them kiss or hold hands or do anything like that. So in my mind, people didn't touch each other if they cared about each other. You only touch each other if you're mad at each other, right? And I, I would see that on the playground. But, you know, so when I when I look at this this circumstance and I hear this story from this writer, there's a lot of humor in it, which I appreciate the fact that she says that the story is funny because to me it is. And how do you still approach this subject when there's a difference of opinions between you and your spouse? Sorry, I'm still giggling a little bit. Yeah, it is. It is funny. And uh, I agree with you because also in my household, it's something that we never talked about as well. So coming from a parent standpoint, I, I can see the difficulty in trying to bring up the subject because I believe, in my opinion, nobody else's, seven years old is still a little bit too young. But you talked about the intimacy, intimacy piece. I think that's important at any age to talk about the intimacy piece because you can be intimate with somebody without having sex with somebody. Yes, we did talk about this on a previous episode. We said intimacy isn't just about sex. It isn't just about penetration. It isn't about things like that. We can talk about intimacy on a lot of different levels. Five and seven years old is a bit young. I've had a lot of clients talk to me before and asking me, you know, is if they haven't thought about sex, by me bringing it up and having a discussion around it, is it going to cause them to think about it? And then that then becomes another fear of every parent. My answer to that is this, it all comes down to context. It all comes down to context. Yeah, I like that you bring that up because I didn't even think about that part. If somebody didn't have a thought in their head and all of a sudden you bring up the idea, are you the one who's invoking that thought in them? And and the thing is, at five and seven years old, when you walk in on your parents in the middle of them having sex, what are you supposed to do as parents? You can't lie to them, right? You can't lie to them and say, we weren't doing anything. Well, yeah, and you they, can't wash their eyeballs and let them unsee what they saw. They can't. It's, ingra- <laughs> it's ingrained in their heads now. And they're going to remember it for all time. Maybe the five-year-old doesn't actually know it at all what that's about. And the seven-year-old might have some inclination around it. But at the end of the day, it's important to have a conversation based on the context of what has happened. And my thing is, whenever I am in session with parents and they are struggling to bring up any talk with their children, my first recommendation is always to get clear first between you and the other caregiver. If you're a single parent, fine. You have to first come up with what values are you trying to instill for your children? What values are you coming from when you're having the discussion? And what is your intention for having the conversation? So this writer, I would say, will do well if she sits down with her husband first and they can suss out the intentions. Husband doesn't want to talk about it. He says that they aren't old enough. And yet the evidence shows that they have walked in on you doing something. If you turn a blind eye and you pretend that nothing has happened, your children are going to think that that's nothing. And in the future, when they find themselves in a situation where they're invited to entertain the idea they're not even going to know what that was all about the worst thing that you can do to a child is keep them in the dark right for sure and you know what i I want to bring up this point because it it, as you're saying that it reminds me of this book that i'm currently listening to it's called uh, how to make your kid a money genius right and uh the age category it's teaching kids from age three to age 23 so if kids at age three can get the the grasp of financial concepts or basic ones anyway i'm pretty sure they can grasp the concept of a feeling, which is intimacy and love. 
Absolutely. Right? Absolutely, they can. And um, in, in the one chapter, it says that don't keep your kids in the dark about your finances. Be honest with them because when when we don't tell them, they know we're lying, actually. And yes, and they also know that they can keep asking until you give it to them. So instead of constantly having them ask you, because I'm pretty sure it's been a month ago and they're still asking. If you don't tell them, they're just going to keep asking. Well, and if you don't tell them, they're going to find their answers elsewhere. Children are relentless. They're, I, I follow this one business guru, Grant Cardone, and he, in one of his books, he talks about how children are the, oh, he's great. And he talks about how children are great closers because they're relentless. They are. Yeah. They're relentless. They don't take no for an answer. They won't. They won't take no for an answer. They won't put up with your bull crap. They have these spidey senses that are unreal and they're always going to know when you're lying to them, right? So if you don't give them the answers, they're going to find it somewhere. And that's one thing to keep in mind as well, because who are they? They're going to go to school. They're going to ask somebody. They're going to ask a kid. And they're going to get a bunch of information that isn't relevant to your family. I've said this before, that every family has their own values. They have their own strengths. And so if they go and ask somebody whose parents are very conservative and they say that it's a sin, well, that's the message that your child is going to take. That's the answer that they're going to take when it comes to the topic of intimacy and sex. They're going to say it's bad and it's a sin. And so then that means mommy and daddy are sinners. You know, the story will just progress. So it's very important to have that first conversation with them because you can do it based on your own values. Well, she even writes here, I don't want my girls growing up thinking that this is wrong because it was never talked about in our household. So just that piece alone, if she thought that it was bad growing up, what do you think she's going to, or they are going to portray to their children by not talking about it? Are they going to think it's bad? That's right. A lot of people don't even know what good intimacy is. I don't know about you, but when I grew up, it was my first time was with somebody that I did care about. But my times after that, I didn't really care about those people. And it didn't have anything to do with the fact that I thought sex was bad. It was because I didn't know what it really meant to me. And I didn't know how to own my own body. I didn't know how to trust my instincts around it because it was never something that was taught to me. If a child can learn finances at the age of three, that just goes to show what they're capable of understanding, right? How can you say that teaching them about money is more important than teaching them about their own bodies and how to share their bodies? That leads me to my next point, which is at five and seven years old, you don't need to get graphic with the way that you're talking about sex. No, 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 no. <laughs> Not at all, right? <laughs> yes, they did have a very graphic view of what was going on. But I think it's important to discuss, well, it, yes, they did. Um, it's important to have a discussion around just giving them some insight on their own bodies and learning how to trust their own instincts and their own feelings. What is a good feeling? What is a feeling that might signal some danger? And how do we talk about it? So mommy and daddy, we really care about each other. This is how we conceived you. Um, and so we did, we were, <laughs> you know, doing, we were having sex and you, maybe you want to use intimacy. We were being intimate with each other because we love each other, because these are the things that uh, we do when we care about each other. But that is between adults. That is between adults who know what they want. It's between adults who 
you know, have been together and share love for one another and respect for one another. And as a seven and five-year-old, we want to talk to you about how to love your own body, how to honor your own body and know when it's, when it's the right time to share it with somebody else. Right now, you're very young and we're here to support you. But there will come a time when the conversation will have to progress. It will have to evolve, right? So now it's important to keep checking in with the children, maybe in a a year or two years, because by the time they turn 10 years old, they're going to have their own form of sex education at school. That's when their bodies start to change and hormones start to take place. And that's okay. They're going to learn about the anatomy and all of the proper terminology. For now, I think the conversation needs to just be around intimacy and how to trust what it feels like, what feels good for you on the inside. For sure. And I want them to be able to look at it as a topic as it's it's a natural thing that we do. It's natural. So she, back to that sentence, because it really pops out at me that it was wrong and they didn't talk about it. I would say, you know, coming from a survivor's perspective, I would want them to talk about it when it's bad. If something feels bad, that's when you actually want to talk about it. And that's when you want them to share that with you. So if they don't talk about it, then it could be creating uh, almost like a connotation of either negative or, or bad, or, and that's not what we want them to create for their children. That's right. Not, not talking about it creates too many unknowns. I understand where this, the husband is coming from when he says they aren't old enough to know what that is. Sure, they aren't old enough to know that you were having 69 they aren't old enough to know the name of positions and, no and need all to, of the yeah. gory, no need, uh, not the gory details, the yeah. nitty gritty details, right? They don't need to know that. They do need some transparency from you, though. They need some honesty and they need to know that it's safe and it's okay and that you aren't doing something that's wrong. Because if you don't talk about it, the stories will just keep on coming. And, and the questions don't... are just going to keep on coming because it mm-hmm. says, like I said earlier, uh, it it's been a month ago and they're still asking, right? So kids are super, duper curious. And I also want to add here that I know being a parent and through my own experiences, sometimes I, you know, I always said growing up, I'm never going to be like my mom and dad, but there's times where I'm like, I'm exactly like my mom and dad. (laughs) So to take your own experiences out of things like this, because let's just say, um, I, I don't know, but if the the dad was promiscuous a little bit and maybe he's a little bit more protective of his girls, let's just say that is the story that this is why he doesn't want to uh, talk about it. Maybe being able to take yourself out of the things that you've done in the past so that you could have this, create the safe space to share a topic like this, because I think it's important to talk about. Yes. So expanding on that is to say, maybe asking some more internal questions of each other or of yourself to say, what is it that I'm so afraid of will happen if I have this conversation with my daughters? What kind of fears am I projecting as a result of my life experience? I don't know where each of these people has come from. I don't know what their history is with sex, with intimacy, with parent and child relationships. And so it's important to sort of dissect that a little bit before they have that conversation. That's why I say the first step is to sit down together and really suss out some of the fears. Because just to say that they aren't old enough to know what it is isn't good enough, right? You have to think about you have to think about what's happening outside of that fear. Because if you're too scared to if you think that they're not old enough, well, they're old enough to do a lot of things uh, that we don't often think about. 
such as understand money or understand math or understand how plants grow. You know, children nowadays are so evolved and the education is just so, so different than when we were younger. And they're learning at these rapid paces and their social media and there's so many different things that they're exposed to. So you really have to be careful around projecting your fears. For sure. And that just also goes to show you how brilliant they are. And I think sometimes as, as parents, we minimize their intelligence by not acknowledging out how they're actually feeling. And I know growing up in a household filled with eight children, my voice was never heard. So I never want to do that with my child. So hopefully that, you know, they can talk about this piece and maybe make them feel heard because they, they keep asking. And if you keep avoiding the situation, they're going to feel unheard. That's right. You can be vague and specific at the same time. If they're asking, is that what adults do when they need alone time? The answer, short answer is yes. Sometimes that is what we need. That is what we do. Some other times we watch movies. Other times we just need to sleep or other times we just need to meditate. But there's a number of things that we do when we need alone time. And that's why it's important that when mommy and daddy say we need alone time, we need you to play until that timer goes off. Or maybe perhaps using the word um, private, private time. That's right. So private time and alone time. So some time where you're doing your own thing and mommy and dad are doing their own thing. So, uh, so just to round off all of these thoughts is to get clear first on what your values are and where you want to come from when you're having a discussion with your children around the topic of sex. Next is to understand what fears you may be projecting onto them. And if you have these fears, is there a chance that they're going to learn contrary to what you want them to learn outside of your household anyways? So you want to really get in front of that. And then the third thing is to set some boundaries, set some guidelines moving forward so that this doesn't happen again. Because, I mean, now they know the kids can bust in any time. So maybe this is where they have to be really mindful about locking the doors. And, you know, there's so many things that they can do to prevent the situation from happening moving forward. But the guidelines are going to be extremely important as well. So that would be my, my last note on this particular writer's experience. And I hope that that's helpful to them. Yeah. And my takeaway would be for the parents to get on the same page, get on the same page, talk about the things that Lynn had mentioned, you know, where you're comfortable with what you're comfortable with and how you're going to deliver that message. But the important thing is to be on the same page. Well, that's all folks. Thank you so much for listening. I hope everyone has a fantastic Halloween, whatever your plans may be. And please tune in and listen next week. We will be actually talking about our own personal experiences around parenting in the household and what that was like for us. So until then, stay cool. Parenting is raw. It's awesome. It's awesome. Take care. Bye.